Hi, this is Trista Robinson from Echoes of Fear, and you're listening to Without Your Head. the station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by sean kane director of dead by dawn coming april 7th and it's very cool to have you here thanks thanks for having me yeah so let people know who aren't aware yet and watch a trailer what is dead by dawn oh dead by dawn okay well the basic story is about this man he goes up to this remote cabin and he's obviously a family man because you go up there and you see a lot of pictures of his family. But for some reason, he is all by himself and there's something off about him. And then soon enough, we find he's putting a gun in his mouth. He's about to kill himself, blow his brains out. When suddenly outside, he hears all this yelling, help, help, So he runs outside and he finds this young woman who has obviously been through the ringer. And it's practically comatose. And he's trying to figure out, like, what's going on. He brings her inside. And uh, before you can find out, of course, there's a knock at the door. Bump, bump, bump. He goes out to the door. And there's these three people outside. And they're like, oh, my God, we got in this horrific car accident. You know, our, our sister, she's autistic. She ran off. I think she ran through this way. Have you seen her? And he looks at these three people, and they don't have a scratch on them. And he's like, mm, all right, so uh, you guys wait at the, the property line. I'm going to call the police and find out what's going on. Of course, that triggers the whole thing where these three people are not, you know, what they say they are. And it becomes a standoff uh, where they're trying to get this, this girl. And so that's, that's the jumping off point for the beginning of the movie. And it mm-hmm. 
just gets worse and worse for these for everybody. <laughs> it does. And I like that whole the whole setup because it's like people from uh who all have their own little uh, their own story going on and they all meet together at one part and then you know you find out more about uh both you know everyone's uh, story. Right. Well, there so you, story did you get a chance to watch it then? Yeah, I watched it last night. Oh. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was nice. Um I think everybody, you know, I um in terms of the process of this thing, like I've done a few movies in the past that I've written and I just feel like um, I needed some help writing. Like a man's got to know his limitations. And I think mine is like come up with good scenarios and stuff, but I need someone else to help me flush it out. So this, this particular film, you know, started out as a 10 pager that I had. And then I worked with Wes, Lori, the screenwriter. He really fleshed it out for me. And I think he did a fantastic job of making all these characters really interesting. You know, they do all have their own stories of stuff going on. And so, um, I'm afraid sometimes the bad guys overshadow the good guys a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's really happy with how this, this, uh, project turned out. Yeah. Well, I think you always, it's always good to have an interesting, uh, villain. A lot, you know, a lot of people like horror movies. Uh, they look for the villain. That's, that's true. And we've got some good ones. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah. And it was in, uh, well, I'll talk about her in a minute, but the, um, did you know Wes before, before, uh, you worked together? Yeah, in fact, um, about 10 years ago, I made two uh, films with Wes and his partner, Mary. And so kind of at the beginning of my career, I did uh, Silent Night, Zombie Night, and Breath of Hate. And they were the investors on both of those. And sort of the the deal was that uh, we would do one that I wrote, which is Silent Night, and then do another one that Wes wrote, which was Breath of Hate, which is been retitled to the last house. I hate, I hate that title so much. Um, so that, yeah. So I've known him for about, yeah. I mean, it's a total rip off of the last mm-hmm. house on the left. I mean, give me a, give me a fucking break. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've known Wes for, um, God, over 10 years now. And I really love his writing. He's, uh, he's got such a really unique voice. Um, and I don't know, it's just something get triggered something in me. Oh yeah, I love it. It's great. In fact, um, the next film that I want to do is based on a short story that he's written. So I'm not going to say too much more about it, but it's so insane. I read this story. I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to make this into a movie. (laughs) He's pretty great. Yeah. Something you said uh, earlier, I don't want to forget. It was like, sometimes you know, man has to know his limitations. So you had someone come in to help you to write the story. And I think uh, yeah. a lot of people, uh, like a lot of independent filmmakers, maybe sometimes out of necessity, uh, but they want to do everything. And, you know, they want to write it, direct it, produce it, uh, maybe not produce it, but, uh, you know, edit, do everything. And um, so just like your background there as a filmmaker, uh, can you talk about, you know, like you said, knowing your limitations and, and having other people, you know, uh, collaborate on your movies? Well, I think the key thing is, you have to find people that you can trust that, you know, you know, you can rely on them. And if they're going to do a job, you can let them go and do that job. And you know, it's going to get done. And of course that's hard to find, you know, there's a lot of people in any industry, not just the entertainment industry. There are a bunch of flakes and jerks and whatever. So, um, you know, once I find 
people like that, I tend to keep them close. And so that's why I work with the same actors a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you, uh, you probably didn't notice, but a lot of these guys are in this film or a few of them have been in multiple films of mine in the past. So, you know, I think there is a sort of necessity in terms of budget limitations where people are doing, at least in my case, doing the, you know, multiple jobs. I would rather not (laughs) do multiple jobs, just concentrate. I like editing and directing the most and the rest, you know, somebody else can do that. So when you're actually thinking of the story, then uh, some of the actors you worked with before, do you do you picture them when you're writing like the characters? Like, oh, this would be good for you know Drew or whoever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some uh, it was Tim Muscatel and Kelsey Watson who have been in other films of mine, and I always say Tim is like my he's like my uh, what do I say? He's like my a secret weapon. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, he's going to come in and he is like one of my favorite actors of all time. He's going to come in and he's going to make up, he, I, you know, I'm okay with people improving to a point mm-hmm. as long as you're good at it. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those directors that, oh, you got to do the words exactly as written. I'm more interested in making it feel real. So Tim will come in and he'll come up with stuff. You know, and I may not always use it, but he'll come up with just hilarious stuff. So I love that guy. He's the best. Yeah. So at the beginning, the the character has a little Red Riding Hood um, costume on, which I think it, it yeah. kind of works through the movie because yeah. instead of uh, three little pigs, it's almost like the three big bad wolves in your version. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, it's funny that was uh, something we did after the script. The uh, character of Lulu wasn't um, Drew wasn't exactly what I pictured initially, but as we were doing our auditions and she came in, she really was the best of the bunch, which, and, and the interesting thing is like you have actors that are, that are, they're good in the room. And then when you watch the tape after it's like something's missing, you know, they're not as good on tape. So Drew came in, she was great in the room. We watched the tape. She was great on the tape. We're like, okay, we need to to hire her for Lulu, but she's not. She's a little different. So, I think that was sort of the impetus that made me start to think, like, yeah, maybe you could be a little bit of a Red Riding Hood thing there, and that's how that kind of kicked that off. Huh. You know, making it's, a little bit of a fairy tale, I guess, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of neat though. It's just something uh, that's not wasn't necessarily in the original script. Just you know by happenstance, like, oh, this is a little thing that could be added to the movie. Well, those are the best actors. If you can get an actor to come in that will kickstart you into a something mm-hmm. to flush that script out and make it better, that's, that's the most I can hope for, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to mention Jamie uh, Bernadette. I've had on the show before, and uh, I've seen her in other things where she's usually the, you know, like the um, the victim. And seeing her as she's the, yeah. getting raped and beat up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the the last not last the um I spent your grave deja vu, which I you know right. saw earlier probably last year I guess. But uh, yeah, to see yeah. her as a villain, and at first I was like, oh, that's weird, she's a villain. But uh, it's great as a villain, and it's uh, you know, I didn't I didn't expect her to, to be so good at, as the villain. Just I expect her to be a good actress, but uh, it, it was interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's a fabulous actress. She, uh, I hadn't worked with her before, but I'm definitely 
going to want to work with her in the future. You know, there's a, she's such an interesting actress too, because, you know, she does these scenes where she's like stabbing the air with her knife. <laughs> yeah. Right? So just like, and just like, Oh my God, that, you know, because if an actor is good, um, when they bring those emotions, they have, they have to come from somewhere, you know, somewhere from their real life. And so <laughs> I always say, mm, so much darkness in you, <laughs> but, uh, but she was great. And, um, yeah, she's such a great villain. I hadn't, you know, I, I think I watched some of her films after I casted her. So then it was, it was apparent that she didn't get to play, uh, the villain too much, but I saw her instantly as a great villain. So, yeah. <laughs> That, that that's interesting because yeah. it might might have clouded like your judgment if you watched her you know as a, as a victim a lot you know you're like oh well, maybe it's uh, not the that's, correct casting you know that's true but I I mean I think one of the one of the things I am good at is uh, picking the right actor you know mm-hmm. being able to see something in that person uh, if they're right for that part and and just. Uh, getting good actors to be in, in my films. So I think I've been very fortunate, you know, I would have made like seven, seven and a half movies now that, uh, <laughs> I think I've, I've been very lucky with the actors that I've had. So. What's the half a movie? Is it not finished or did you only make a half a movie? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so I, I've made a few like sci-fi channel movies mm-hmm. and there was one called Jurassic attack, which, um, I don't know how much I can really say about it, but it's done, but um, uh-huh. it was made and then it was brought back to me and I was the editor, but apparent, but um, it needed a lot more work. So I ended up shooting all the stuff with Corin Nemec and Vernon Wells and some other stuff um, with the villain out in the, the supposed jungle, which is just, you know, in here in Los Angeles. So that's why I consider it a half. I, I directed a half oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I said Vernon Wells was uh, on the last show. Uh, was, he, oh, he's was always it? a very fun guest. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, I've uh, um, worked with him a lot. So, but yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned sci-fi and it's the sci-fi films have really just become like their own genre. I think they had, or they were, unfortunately, you know, yeah. now that the, yeah, they're kind of, history now because the sci-fi channel here in uh, America basically doesn't, you know, they only do like not even half a dozen a year now, I think, but, uh, they were buying up, you know, movies left and right. And, uh, those were a lot of fun to work on. I've, I've directed two and a half of those <laughs> and, uh, I really do miss them, but they, but they were, they were a genre of their own, you know, and they were fun. So I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So I assume you were always a horror movie fan. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in a way, I guess, okay. well, when I grew up, I wasn't, I didn't watch like slasher movies and things like that. I was more interested in the, you know, I remember Sunday afternoons with my dad and my brother watching the Wolfman, you know? So those were more of the things I grew up with Godzilla and Ultraman. Um, and I didn't really watch a lot of, um, more modern stuff until later, I started getting into the horror genre and really started uh, loving that. But uh, not not growing up, not as like a teenager or anything. I really was more interested in the older, older monster movies. So 
So, when when did you decide like this is what I want to do? I want to make movies. Um, it's that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's that. You know, my dad. You know, I'm an old guy. So <laughs> back when I was a kid, uh, the, the video cameras were anchored to these VCRs. I don't know if you remember that. They were like boat anchors. These huge, massive VCRs. So you couldn't really bring the camera anywhere. But we would do skits my dad and my brother and I from like my camera was, I don't know if you remember my camera was Stacy Keach. My dad was a huge fan. And so we do these sort of fake skits where he was my camera mm-hmm. and that really captured my attention, you know, and we had such a good time. We'd play him back and just laugh. And then, you know, I just want to take that camera and make skits. My, my own skits. It's like, my dad's so funny. And I just wanted to be like that. And I wanted to take that camera outside, but of course I couldn't. So I think it, I think it sort of stems from that, just wanting to to do my own skits and things like that. And then, um, you know, I started going to college and taking film courses. And really, that's really, really started to love editing, getting into editing. And so I think that's that's kind of where it started with uh, was all that from being a kid. Uh, so do you do the editing on your own movies? I do. Yeah. I've edited all my own movies. I mean, I primarily work as an editor. I do now, of course, it's all lifetime movies are the ones that are getting funded. <laughs> so right. I do a lot of lifetime movies as an editor, but, uh, yeah, uh, I've edited all my own movies for sure. I don't know if this is true for you, but I found doing the show that, um, that the directors who edit their own stuff and like doing it are normally editors, uh, you know, by trade, by like you know their their you know uh, their main profession, and I think this is my opinion. I don't know if it's true or not, but my opinion would be if you're not an editor, um, you know, on your own stuff, uh, you know, on stuff you do elsewhere, like it would be hard to edit your own stuff because you don't want to, you wouldn't want to cut stuff out that you that you're like connected to, even if it nece- doesn't necessarily fit in the movie. But if you're already established as an editor, you kind of know like how a movie should flow. Does that make sense? It, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I I think every director really should at least edit one movie because it's so incredibly helpful. You know, when you're out there in the on set trying to get whatever you need to get, you really know what you need to get, and you're not farting around with all this other stuff. And then I think a lot of these you know directors, people that I work with, will get attached to their own work and they can't let it go. You just have to be able to kill your own babies, you know, over and over. That you can't really be attached because the name of the game is really like making the movie as a whole work and not being so enamored with your own words, enamored with your own crap, you know. Yeah. So, directors, edit a film. <laughs> so, actually, while you're directing then or while you're filming the movie, do you think of like how this is going to be edited? Because uh, I think that would be helpful, Absolutely. you know, yeah. maybe not to shoot like a bazillion things. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause when I get on set, I pretty much know instantly, um, what I need. I just look at a scene maybe we rehearse it for camera. And then I'm just like this, 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 and this, and this, and that's all we need. And, uh, we're out of there. So, and that's also helpful because, you know, at these sort of budget ranges from, you know, nothing up to half a million dollars, um, you're only getting really 12 days to shoot the film for the most part. You know, it's pretty rare that you get any more than that. I've never gotten any more than that. So to get a whole film done in 12 days, um, you really do have to know what you 
what you need and what you don't need. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, along those lines of like budget and uh, just independent movies today, uh, how has that changed over the last few years for you as you know an independent filmmaker, like getting your movie out there? And uh, I don't normally talk about this, but you know, just the you know getting your money back for your movies. Yeah, it's actually gotten harder. The, the thing that sucks for for filmmakers, you know, on any budget range, is is the death of physical media. That people are just doing streaming. You know, and they're not buying DVDs like they used to. And so the opportunities to make your money back at different venues get more and more difficult. You know, it used to be like you could get into Hollywood video and Blackbuster and all these places. And of course those are gone. You know, Walmart is not as lucrative as it used to be. They're not carrying as many titles. Same thing for Redbox. It used to be automatically, oh yeah, you're going to get into Redbox. You know, not automatically, but it was a better chance than there is now. And so that's just less money on the table, you know, and, and I have seen, you know, on the, not just the stuff I've directed, but, you know, the, the projects that I'm editing, that the budgets are, are getting lower and lower. And, and, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why these sci-fi monster movies are, are dried up because the primary point of, of, you know, getting your cash back was that sale to TV, you know, and that's why the lifetime movies are, are still doing really well for now because they're, they've still got sales to television. Um, so it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Now have, have you watched dead by dawn with an audience at all yet? Yeah. We had a cast and crew screening, um, at the local movie theater, the NoHo seven. And, um, you know, I, I think the movie turned, I'm really happy with how the movie turned out. And I, I from what I can tell, I think people like it because, you know, like when you do a movie and people come and see it and stuff, like they don't like it. They're just not going to say anything. They're not going to be mean. <laughs> right. Especially if they're yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, they're just not going to say anything. So, you know, um, I had a lot of people after the screening uh, come up to me and tell me how much they love the film. Um, and, you know, we've let some other people watch it. Like the executive producers let a bunch of his friends watch the online screener mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, they love it. And they watch it over and over. I'm like, wow, that's, that's great. Maybe there's something wrong with them. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so, you know, people seem to like it. We had, and the screening was a lot of fun. So, um, of course we didn't, I, I tried to get into a couple festivals and I rejected this, but whatever. Um, People seem to like it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. I, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, and um, as a guy, oh, I do I do tend to like the villains in movies, and uh, I, I enjoyed the three villains quite a bit. They had a little, they had good chemistry together, and they're all different. They're kind of like their own, like a little supervillain yeah. group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be the, the prequel. We could do a, a supervillain group with how they met. <laughs> I am I, into <laughs> it. Have you done uh, the festival scene before for any of the other movies? I did. I've done that before, you know, um, yeah, for my earlier, like Silent Night, Zombie Night and stuff like that. And some of the sci-fi movies I did, we've taken it to festivals and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I guess I just don't, uh, find that as important mm-hmm. because it's just sort of a, sort of a circle jerk. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm more like, I just want this movie to get out there and make money now. Right, you know, right. um, 
you know, to get placed in different venues and make that money, make that money. So yeah. uh, I do, th- but but I have, I have, oh. yeah. Go ahead. Go on, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I've had some great festival experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, um, another hole in the head. I've done that a few times. That was a lot of fun. You know, they had um, they had a magazine a while back called Gore Zone, and so yeah. I forget what, I forget what the film festival was called, but I had two films play in that. No, three films. One I produced two, um, and I would fly to London. A couple. This happened a couple times, and that was really really fun. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's. I think they're good for um, since you made you seven and a half movies for for especially people starting out because you do get to uh, to meet a lot of people and it's good to network. I think and uh, uh, get to yeah. know other filmmakers and people that you you know might work with. That's true. I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, you're right. That that part's been great because um, I went to one of my favorite film festivals was the Nevermore Film Festival in. I think it's like North or South Carolina. It's terrible. I can't remember what state. But I went there with Silent Night and Zombie Night, and I met uh, Kevin Tenney. You know, did Witchboard, Night of the Demons. And I've been friends with him ever since that. He's such an amazing guy. He actually came to the screening for Dead by Dawn, too. But uh, so, yeah, you do, get, you do get to meet a lot of, a lot of cool people. So that's, that's a nice, you know, part of it as well. Yeah. Uh, where can people see Silent Night, Zombie Night? Is it, I assume it's out there somewhere. Oh, um, yeah, it's funny. Um, it's on Amazon, but it's not really supposed to be. <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had gotten distribution, you know, for a while uh, through some pretty good companies. and um, But the one company that took it on, that they uh, decided they didn't want to do horror movies anymore, and they just basically gave everybody their movies back. So, um, I think you can buy it in certain spots and then they have it on Amazon. Uh, but that's about it really. So it's, yeah. I guess, I guess I need to get that with another distributor one of these days. Mm-hmm. Speaking of zombies, I do like, it's just, you know, a small, like, uh, not even a subplot, just a small thing of, uh, of dead by dawn, the explanation of why this house would be uh, protected. Oh, Right, the, the the zombie thing. I think that was yeah. that came that came from Wes and I working on Silent Night Zombie Night. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that was that was Wes's idea uh, to have that in there, and then to you know later on be like, ah, oh, it's so silly. We why would we you know? It's such a dumb <laughs> like idea. Why did I even entertain that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it because it it seems like uh, well, it kind of makes sense because people are you know zombies are mainstream and. Uh, you could see that actually, Absolutely. Someone that. Mm-hmm. which is oh, weird because sure. I, you know, when I grew up, uh, Dawn of the Dead's my favorite horror uh, zombie movie, and like oh, it's a really like yeah. underground movie when like in the eighties, and uh, now you see like z- people, you can see like zombie T-shirts at Walmart and like uh, like a kid sizes and stuff. It's very weird. It it is yeah because I've always loved the zombie movies, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, with uh, Walking Dead, I think that really turned it mainstream and. Yeah, everybody knows about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So years when I started the show, I was reading the Walking Dead comic, and I said this would make a great TV show. <laughs> yeah, I think no, I deserve I a, cut, a cut that, of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because there are some parallels from Silent Night, Zombie Night, and Walking Dead. 
you know, mm-hmm. there's two cops and they both love the same girl. And then there was, we did a thing in silent night. What do we do? Uh, Oh, we did a thing. Like he had this, uh, I guess you have the spray hunters, like do deer, you know, like the deer spray that sort of masks their scent or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he did a thing like that to walk among the zombies and then walking dead had a thing where they put the gore on their bodies. So I don't know. Oh, and we also have Luke Temple in Silent Night, Zombie Night, who later on oh, yeah, uh, yeah. was Axel in The Walking Dead. So I was like, these guys are ripping me off left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did. I, 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 I will, uh, the comic book is great. I love Robert uh, Kirkman. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was so sad to see it end, but uh, I, I did not think the end was uh, done very well. Oh, the end of the comic book. Yeah, yeah. that kind of sucked after after everything that happened. You know, everything you went through was just sort of like just a sort of random. I yeah, just know, I, I guess I don't want to give it away. Right. But you know, what I, you know, what I did like, which I always thought was an interesting thing, was after the fact. You know, they had a little bit of the storyline, which it almost felt like it was the wild, you know, the wild west again. Because mm-hmm. uh, all his, his his the kids and stuff were all sort of living. As if it were a western, and, uh, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would have been cool to see more, the comic. Yeah. yeah, the comic explore that that part of it. They kind of go into the the future where they're re- recreating yeah. society. But yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Oh wow! And uh, I ourselves. Just, <laughs> there we go. That's yeah, a good idea. So the uh, <laughs> another thing about uh, uh, Dead by Dawn, I've noticed it in a lot of movies. Never trust a clown. <laughs> you know, I, I think that was might have been Bo's idea to dress up like that crazy clown. You know, in the script originally, it wasn't even Bo mm-hmm. who was supposed to be that guy. The idea of it was, you know, there's a thing in the movie where at the beginning of the movie, Lulu Drew she has sort of a stare down contest with her boyfriend that she loses. She looks away first. And at the end, she has another stare down with her uncle, which she wins, which is supposed to, you know, the general idea that she's become a strong person at this point. And so the beginning was supposed to be all these sort of male gazes looking at her, you know, hitting her, masturbating in front of her and doing all this creepy shit. And so it was just a guy jerking off in the car. But then Bo's like, no, yeah, he wants as much screen time as he can get. So I don't blame him. (laughs) Nah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be that guy. You know, I'm gonna be that guy. And then we came up with a thing for Little Red Riding Hood, and we thought, okay, well, maybe she's going to a Halloween party. And so I think Bo was like, "Oh, I've got the best, the perfect costume for this. You'll see. You'll see. This is great." And so this was something he's dressed up as before, as this scary ass <laughs> clown. Uh-huh. And so when we first saw the photos, we're like, "Oh my god, this is great." <laughs> and it's funny why we were shooting it because we didn't shoot it in October, of course, but we were shooting it. We had all the kids in the neighborhood. They're like so fascinated. And they were like, as we were driving around, they're like waving to the car and stuff like that. And sometimes it was almost hard to film because they got so interested in what Bo was up to. But yeah, he looked really <clears throat> spooky. Yeah. I lo- and I lo- that was great. I, I, I loved it in the movie. Now I love it more knowing that he just like happens to have this clown outfit. <laughs> yeah, but Bo's a real interesting character. You know, he came in and he did kneel, and we were actually kind of like scared a little bit. Like, 
this guy is so intense. And is he going to just, if we don't give him the part, is he going to kill us? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then talking to him, you know, he's a normal guy, uh, mm. sort of normal, but having a uh, regular conversation with him, he's a really smart guy. And, you know, um, I was a little relieved that he wasn't totally like that all the time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, uh, you know, he, he does, he is able to, to pull that out, that dark, dark stuff out and, um, play that character, which was really great. So <laughs> yeah, that clown, <laughs> so crazy. Where, where was the house that you shot at? Well, you know, the house is in North Hollywood and it's actually the executive producer's house. And it's funny enough, that's also the house in the last house, AKA breath of hate, which ah. was the pimp's house. We had Jason Mewes in that movie. And mm-hmm. so that was the pimp's house where Jason Mewes came over and, you know, gotten a fisticuffs with the pimp. Mm-hmm. So we sort of like in our minds, dead by dawn and, and breath of hate are in the same universe because the pimp gets killed in the house. And so we think after that, you know, this is when our heroes move in Lulu and, and Shane. Yeah. So I like it. What was Jason Mewes like to work with? He was actually really great. Um, um, You know, we got him at a time, I think he was in between agents. So we got a decent rate from him and he really worked really hard on uh, doing that character. And I thought he did a great job, you know, acting wise, because, you know, you watch him and you not necessarily think, Oh yeah, this is the best actor. Mm-hmm. but he did really good. It was just sort of after the fact, like he didn't give a shit about the movie, which sucks and didn't help promote it or do anything or even acknowledge yeah. its existence. But, yeah. but I was really happy with what he did and I thought he did a great job. So, mm-hmm. so dead yeah. by Don's coming out April 7th. Uh, how will that be? Was uh, it going to physical release and video on demand? Yeah. They'll have DVDs and streaming stuff. So, and uh, what are you working on currently? Well, I'm working on like 500 Lifetime movies as an editor. But um, okay. in terms of directing, this the short story that Wes uh, wrote is is what I want to do next, and so I'm working on that. Right. So, and uh, where where can yeah. people follow you if they want to see what you're up to or Dead by Dawn? Um, well, we do have a Dead by Dawn Facebook fan page, which would be great. If you join that, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and all that stuff, but, but yeah, the, probably the, the Facebook fan page would be good. I have a link from the IMDb page to that, but it's also, I think it's dead by Don movie is the it is. URL. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Facebook.com slash dead by Don movie. I'm on there right now. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where you can, that's where I'll basically post all any kind of information. I get all the stuff and, that will be a good place to, to find out everything going on. Very good. And by the way, I actually like the font that was used on the, uh, on the poster. Oh yeah. yeah. It's funny. When I first saw the poster, I was like, I wasn't sure if I liked it at first, but then I, I really started looking at it and, and um, it's actually kind of a beautiful looking poster. The uh, color scheme mm-hmm. was really, I was like, wow, this is really kind of pretty looking in a weird way. But um yeah, I really love it now. So it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Yeah, it possibly could be three people, but yeah, but but I do agree with the color. You got the, you got the the uh, 
the gold, the yellow really stands out, and then you got the red and the logo. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they did a great job on that. Very cool. Well, I appreciate coming on. I had a good time talking with you. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. And people check out Dead by Dawn, and you can check out your other movies. Go and uh, look on Amazon, even though it's not supposed to be up there. It's on a night zombie night, but you can uh, check out your stuff. Yeah, or Eruption LA or Jurassic City. Those are pretty much, you can find those anywhere. Terror Birds, most of my sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to check some of them out. <laughs> I, I I I enjoy them for for what they are. No, I actually do enjoy them. Me too. Yeah, I do too. I, for, yeah. for the oh, most I, part. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because you said you grew up watching, you know, like the uh, Ultraman and then Godzilla and stuff. And then you went, you got to make some monster oh, yeah. movies, so, so it all worked out. No, I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunities I have to make these movies because I did have a lot of fun and I do miss working on them. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I'll let you go. Thank you for doing this. All right. Thank you. This is John Gulliger. You're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. <laughs>